Welcome to Monday Morning Homilist. I'm Father Manny Alvarez. And I'm Jorge Santibanez. Every Monday morning, we dive deeper into the previous Sunday's readings and homilies. And towards the end, we veer off to talk about life and definitely talk a little sports. Enjoy. Good morning. Happy Monday. Thank God you're back. Happy belated Thanksgiving. Thank God you're back. I'm back. We apologize for last I week's am episode. I'm back. I, have, I haven't heard it. No, please don't. I mean, I don't, we'll keep it up. And now people are going to go there and go, why was last week's episode bad? It was just, I'm not going to go into it, but it was. It's because I wasn't here. It was because you weren't here and, you know, we may have mailed it and, you know, just, just put an episode out there. Well, it was Thanksgiving week. It was Thanksgiving week. I mean, didn't get the numbers you usually get because it's everybody's on vacation, but I'm glad you're back. For I mean, for this and many more reasons, but gave you a hundred last week, you know. So oh, so how was your, how? Listen, just to, I needed I needed that I needed that week. I'm glad. I'm so happy for you. Just so everyone knows, and and Jorge said it before when we did our hundredth episode that usually we just turn on the mics and go. Uh, we may have exchanged in person maybe ten words since he left on vacation in person. Okay. Uh, so this is the first time we actually have a conversation. We haven't talked about sports. We haven't talked about anything. I, I just mentioned two words to him yesterday and was flying saucers. And that's an inside joke. Uh, take that, use that as you, you know, take that as you, as you want. Um, that's, I saw him in mass yesterday and I had to run him down because some dude, had, you know, tracked me down. But, um, but yeah, this is the first time we're talking. We have stories to tell. How are the mountains? Smoky. Yeah, it's smoky. It's so funny. <laughs> I haven't been there in because they were the Smoky Mountains. Let yeah, me let me yeah. clarify that. Okay, <laughs> the Smoky Mountains. He brought jokes. He brought jokes from the mountains. Was it cold? Yeah, it, it, it was very cold. Did it snow? No, didn't snow. You well, didn't one to, one of the mountains was um, making artificial snow over over Gatlinburg. Yeah, and they always have fake snow. I, I haven't been there in thirty three years. Uh, I went there as a kid. Yeah. My sister, um, my sister went. Not too long ago, but it's it's a. I, I love that part of the country. Yeah. You know, oh, Dollywood, so much. so much. Have you been to Dollywood? I have not been to Dollywood. Oh my I know God. she went to Dollywood. We, I'd heard about it all the time, but never been. Finally made it, and oh. I was impressed. Really, I was impressed. Yeah, all of America was impressed with Dolly Parton last year. Fifty-two rides in Dollywood. Fifty-two. Wow. Pigeon Forge is like an amusement park central. Yeah, it's it's a little much though. <laughs> but for kids it is the the touristy the the touristy uh what's that the the 192 in orlando mm-hmm. that is just one tourist yeah, thing exactly, after another yeah. yeah it was that on wow no but i haven't times, been in a while times three or four i'd like i'd like to return because i i enjoyed the time up there especially during the winter i'm not a mountain guy i mean i enjoy the mountains it's the thing the, it's the reason i'm not a mountain guy is i don't enjoy the process of getting to the mountains because just getting out of Florida, yeah. I mean, like for example, last time I was in the mountains was Asheville, but there's a direct flight from Fort Lauderdale to Asheville on a crummy airline. And even though I don't like that crummy airline, I will take you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, anything, any airline to avoid yeah. a layover and to avoid long rides. That's just me. Um, it wasn't Spirit; it was a Frontier Legion. So it was like you're sitting on a park bench the entire trip. No. But still, made it to the made it to the mountains, but you know, it was for a wedding and. That's the last time I was in the mountains, but but it was nice. great, great vacation. The kids had a great time. That's awesome. Just disconnected for a week. You did. He did. Literally, just he did. Complete, 
completely cut off. And now I'm paying for it when I get back into the office this morning. <laughs> well, you know, you, you sent an email on Wednesday morning. I was like, whoa, what, what, what's this? I was like, I was in shock. I did. That was the one thing I sent because I had to share it because it was pretty cool. Okay. I don't remember. What, I literally right now, because I had so many emails, I, I don't remember what it was about, but I was like, whoa. So Jorge and I have this stupid contest every time one of us goes on vacation of who's going to text the other first. Now I claim I won. He doesn't. No, you texted a group that I was in. No, no, no. But see, the groups don't count. But here's the thing: I was. It was also baiting him because and all, he, they were like in three or four different group chats, and I would respond to the group chat because I'm here. Like his sisters wouldn't one of them. His wife is in one, and then his wife would respond. His sisters would respond. Respond, but this man nope. would not respond. <laughs> and 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 he said, <laughs> you know, you. And then on Monday, because I know what you're doing. I, <laughs> I know what you're doing. <laughs> And you're sending it to the group, even though you meant to send it to me <laughs> privately, but no. you're using the group as I, a as No, a front. If, you, if you go back to those group texts, <laughs> if you go back to those group texts, I'm responding to whatever it is your sister or your, or, or I don't know if mm. Izzy sent one or something your wife said, I'm responding to something they said, not something mm. specific to you. Okay. The last text that you sent me was on Friday night, okay, about something about the Marlins, that we got rid of Jacob Starling. Heartbreaking. Stalling. Sorry, not starting. Stalling. Stallings. Yeah. So and you were and that was like uh and that was exactly your reaction. That was a lax last text. And then on Saturday morning, he te- or Saturday afternoon after Alabama, you know, has that crazy thing we'll talk about in the second segment. He responds very emphatically about and I'm like, You lost. I go, I'm already I was, I was I'm already home. Already. I did not know that. <laughs> I didn't know you when you were getting home. I never asked you. Okay. So I claim I won. Whatever. It's stu- it is so stupid. His wife thinks it's stupid. His sister thinks it's stupid. Um, but it's 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 little boy games that we play because we're both children <laughs> who are running a parish, apparently. Anyhow, so I'm glad you had a great Thanksgiving week. I was here working. You know someone that, had to someone had to hold down the I actually I actually accomplished a lot last week. And we had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, good crowd, you know, not, not crowds. It was it was good good amount of people went to mass on on Thursday morning and and you know it was it was nice. It was uh, Black Friday was a little you know it was a little rainy and stuff around here. But uh, you know what I noticed on Black Friday is that the roads were not as congested as they usually are on Black Friday. I guess everybody's doing their business online oh, on my, Amazon yep. and and not going to to because I remember coming. I mean, I really didn't hit the roads until like six o'clock that night after the Dolphins one. But um, but no, it was pretty cool. But I mean, it was it was just it was also the weather was just you know gray and and stuff. It was ugh. but um, a lot of people in town, a lot of visitors to our parish, and um, we're thankful for that and thankful that the kids are back in school. I know a lot of parents are thankful their kids are back in school. Jorge is praising the Lord <laughs> as we speak. You know, still don't know how I feel about this whole week off for Thanksgiving. I know you enjoyed it. Uh, no, but I don't. I would pre- I would prefer to take a post Christmas thank you trip thank you not a Thanksgiving week trip. You know what a lot of people did was they left on Friday or earlier than Friday, the Friday before Thanksgiving. In other words, uh, a week and a half ago, and they would take a trip and come back on Wednesday to spend Thanksgiving at home with their families. And I'm like, what? Do we, I mean, we gave them this week to go celebrate. Them. Yeah. I mean, I'm done with it. Yeah. You know, sister and I, you know, don't like it. We're on record as saying we don't like it. Yeah, I know no. many people do. Not a not a not a particular fan of yeah. it. Yeah, 
I'll make the best of it, but not. Yeah, you, 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 I'll say you make the best of it. <laughs> so anyhow, so we, we talked about Thanksgiving last week, I think. I don't remember. I, I haven't gone back. I mean, I, I heard a little bit of it. I'm like. I heard right. you did math. Uh, we did well. Is that the first I, time we do non-sports related math uh, in the podcast? I mean, whatever. Um, no, I mean, it, it was good. Con- it was it was very good content. It was it was we talked about talents and and we talked about Thanksgiving and um, Izzy couldn't make it because she was in Nashville and didn't get in till late. She's back and I'm glad she's back. Uh, but today we we have uh, obviously yesterday's feast of Christ the King, solemnity of Christ the King, and. It's a little weird because Christmas is four weeks from today, but yet Advent hasn't started. So, um, you know, I, I said in my homily this morning at the Daily Mass that, you know, maybe take the time this week to start preparing for Advent. Like, we're, we're like for example, this evening we're blessing the Nativity scene, which we usually don't do until the Monday, the first Monday of Advent. So um, now we're doing it today to, to maximize the amount of time that we have because Advent is truncated, and 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 uh, the Christmas, Christmas season, season is also truncated. So we want to have it out there. I mean, even though it's it's been out, and all the statues were put up, I think on Tuesday Tuesday of last week, because no. it was I remember it was my day off, and I was out there in flip flops. Hey, you know, I was very very casual, and uh, everything was out already. And neighbors are coming up. I mean, neighbors are stopping and saying, "Oh, Father, it's great, so great to see the nativity scene up." I mean, it's sign that Christmas is here, yeah. but Thanksgiving isn't yeah. even here. <laughs> but um, but no, it's 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 good. So, you know, we have Christ the King, and then Christ the King always moves us into into um, into Advent, Advent, and we have and a always new, a new year and a new liturgical year. So we have these end time gospels, if you will, these end time readings. Yesterday we have. Jesus talking about, you know, the judgment of the nations, talking about or what will happen when the Son of Man comes. And the reason why it's put on Christ the King is because, well, obviously it's at the end of the Gospel of Matthew, but, you know, when the Son of Man comes in his glory, he will, you know, he will come with all his angels, he will sit, up, and he will sit upon his glorious throne. And what I focused on yesterday was not so much, I guess, the morality of, of yesterday's Gospel, of, of you, you know, I was hungry and you gave me to eat, I was thirsty, you gave me to drink, etc. But I focused on Jesus taking his throne. You know, he goes up to heaven after the resurrection, ascends into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father, King of the universe. And the question that I asked the congregation was, is Jesus properly enthroned in your life? In other words, is Jesus the king of your life? Because if Jesus is the king of your life, then if you just to, just to stick to the gospel, then you would feed the hungry, give food, give water to the thirsty, welcome the stranger, clothe the naked, care for the ill, visit the imprisoned, because we're visiting Jesus and we because we have Jesus properly enthroned in our lives. If we don't, then we're not doing. Not only are we not doing any of these things. All, any of these works of charity, but our lives are in upheaval because Jesus isn't in his rightful place in our lives. And I quoted from um, from Pope Pius XI's encyclical letter from 1925 in which he enshrined the Solemnity of Christ the King into the liturgical calendar, but it wasn't on the last, at the time, 
it wasn't on the last day, last Sunday of ordinary time. It was, it was the last Sunday of October. Eventually, it would move to the last Sunday of ordinary time. And the reason he did that was in the 1920s, he's looking around, you know, there's this post World War I Europe. He's looking at, you know, the rise of, obviously, the rise of communism, the, the Bolsheviks had taken over Russia, you know, Fatima had happened, uh, Mexico's suffering from terrible anti clericalism. And and he mentions anti-clericalism in his encyclical. But you read this and you say, this could have been written today because he writes this and he institutes the Solemnity of Christ the King to combat secularism. I'm like, my goodness, 100 years later, we're still combating it. He became Pope in 1922. One of the quotes that I mentioned yesterday in Mass was, when once men recognize both in private and in public life that Christ is King... Society will be at last will at last receive the great blessings of real liberty, well ordered discipline, peace, and harmony. Because again, this is a world that's still kind of in shock. Of even though it finished eight years earlier, it was still kind of in shock that World War One actually happened. I mean, yes, it's the Roaring Twenties and all this is going on, but in Mexico, people are being killed just for being Christian. You have obviously Russia taking over and. And, and just spreading atheism everywhere. And so the Pope sees all this, Pope Pius XI sees all this, and says, no, we need to enthrone Christ. What's happening to the world is that we're not putting Christ as king. Now, we're still operating under the old church mentality. This is four years before the Lateran Accords of 1929, where, you know, finally the Pope was given Vatican City and not, you know, the papal states were around Rome. Uh, but we're still operating this under this, you know, this world vision that, you know, the church was still very powerful and very influential in the world, and it still is, but not as it was in, in medieval ages or even in the Renaissance. So now we're in this modern world in this 20th century, and he's seen secularism run amok, and I go, and, he, and he's like, okay, reason why this is running amok is because Christ is not being recognized as king. And if he's not being recognized as king in society, where people are looking for, and th these are things that obviously commun the communists, you know, uh, espoused and, and say, oh, we'll have great blessings of real liberty, well order, discipline, peace, and harmony. Of course, it didn't bring it, but you want all these things. The only way to bring all these things, even if you live in poverty, if you have Christ properly enthroned in your life, and if Christ is king of your life, you know, it's it's exhausting. This. To the, the pursuit of all this on your own merits, it's exhausting. And, and I think we can all relate to that. We can all think of a time when you know, we're, we're just trying to make things work. We're, we're trying to get things in order. You know, even just to put the secular lens on, on what's coming with Christmas, right? It's oh. exhausting. You know, the shopping list, the meals, you know, putting together the menu, who's coming over, who's not coming over. What parties are you going you to? Know, which parties are you going to? Because there's... A billion to choose from now it's exhausting and it's exhausting as we as the pope rightfully says because jesus isn't at the center mm -hmm. and and once we kind of refocus and put jesus christ back in the center all that silliness kind of falls away and doesn't go away you know there, there's still a, a real uh a, re a real element of having to live through this right having to make things work having to make ends meet having to you know, fulfill obligations, go to see family, make it to these parties, you know, buy the gifts, 
you know, there's still a real aspect to that, but it it's put in its proper place. And it's still maybe stressful, but it's not as exhausting. You know, because when we put Jesus at the center, when we put Jesus on the throne, you know, when he becomes the king of our life, he brings this peace. You know, he brings this peace that looks at all this silliness that we that we surround ourselves with and says, Okay, fine, yeah, go for it, do it, but that's not the most important thing. You know, and, and if you know, you're short on mashed potatoes, it's not the end of the world. <gasps> no. You know, if, I, if I the still may have some in the, in the fridge. <laughs> you know, if you didn't get the gift that you wanted or you didn't give the gift the right gift, you know, it's okay. It's it's everyone's gonna survive. And you know that that sparked a conversation. Uh, I was I was home with my with my parents on on Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, and and we were having that conversation about gifts, and we were having that conversation about, you know, my mom was like, not that she was lamenting, but it sounded like she was lamenting because Amazon doesn't have anything mind blowing on sale today. You know, of course, mom, they have Prime Days all throughout yeah. the year. I wouldn't put anything <laughs> out today, but I mean, apparently today it's Cyber Monday today. Uh, so. But we're, I'm looking at this and I'm like, why are we doing this? And I had that conversation with my sister also because I'm think, I, I, I call my sister and I say, you know, what, what do your children want for Christmas? Now, my, my nephews are, by the time Christmas rolls around, they'll be 15 and 12, her, her, her children. My, uh, my oldest nephew's 18. He'll, he'll get whatever I give him and he'll like it. Anyhow, so I, she's like, no, we were having that conversation here. He's like, what do you guys want? Because you guys have everything. Because I look at, you know, just the stuff that my nephews had in the playroom in my parents' house was more toys than my brother, my sister, and I had cumulatively, you know, during our entire childhood. Because I walk into your house and you look, and I know that you you guys do a little limpieza, you know, during, (laughs) uh, you know, do a lot. It's like, and you do it without the kids noticing. Because, you know, Lexi likes to hold on to things. But it's like, all right, you know, you're getting one, we're taking two. It's like, it's a lot. Because you have grandparents, you have uncles and aunts and all these people that are giving gifts. And, and I'll never forget out, and I, and I love to tell the story, my, my godson, my first godson ever. Well, not my first godson, my second godson ever. Um, I remember when, when he was a year old, a year and a half old, whatever it was, year and a half old. You know, cars was a big thing, and I, and I brought him a beautiful big lightning mcqueen uh car you know and it was and i wrapped it up and i was so proud because you know the year before he he was too little to get a gift and so now that he was opening gifts and and delighting in opening gifts and all that you know i i go to my 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 best friend's house and and she's there oh no you know he's in the back you know in his his playroom surrounded by a mountain of toys and unopened gifts and so when i finally go here's your gift he opens up the gift looks at it and just tosses it aside and goes on to the other gift that was unopened. And I'm like, well, you know what? (laughs) You're not getting, I think I gave him another gift a couple of years later. Like he wouldn't know that if I gave him a gift or not, it's like, are you kidding me? It's that they're so oversaturated. And I mentioned that yes, not the, the gift giving, but I did mention the material yesterday that the problem with us is that, we put the material on the throne. Mm-hmm. We make the material the important part of our life. Oh, the accumulation of wealth. Oh, the accumulation of whatever it is. Uh, and it'll never be enough. And it's never going to be enough. Not even close. The other day. Because well, the more you have, the more you want. The more you want, 
Right. The other day, somebody, somebody, uh, you know, like she discovered America, comes up to me after a funeral and says, Oh, Father, I just heard the greatest quote that somebody told me. It wasn't from me because I rarely say that at Mass. Is that when, you know, a priest said the other day that I've never seen a hearse with a U-Haul behind it. I go, you understand what that means? Yeah, you can't take it with you. Yes, exactly. You can't take it with you. So why bother? Not to say that you don't want to give good things. Right. And even Jesus says, of course, a father wants to give uh, good gifts to those who love him, you know, those who he loves. But we have to focus on Jesus. Well, that's the beauty of this transition from Christ the King out of, you know, to finish the liturgical year right into Advent and, and preparation for Christmas. You know, and, and we say it every year, we're, we're so quick to jump to Christmas. You know, Mar- Mariah Carey got defrosted on November 1st. Right? We like Mariah Carey. <laughs> you know, but we're, we're, Swift. we're so quick to jump in, t- and rightfully so, you know, we Christmas is fun, the music is, is awesome, it's great to decorate. You know, I'm starting to decorate the house already now that I'm back home. It's good to, to want all that joy, you know, but we need to focus on what is Christmas really about. You know, and that's why I love that we end with Christ the King, and that leads us right into into even if it's condensed into this preparation season of Advent, because this liturgical feast, Christ the King, literally focuses our attention on is Christ at the center of our life, you know, and then this this whole preparation of Advent, you know, is taking that same exact focus. And putting it on baby Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Is baby Jesus in the manger? Is that the king on the throne? Right. That we just celebrated on Christ the King. Because so many times, you know, it's the, what's on the throne is all the gifts around baby Jesus. And not... See, my mom would always put the nativity at the at the base of the, of the Christmas tree. You know, that was always there. And then, you know, she started collecting them, so they're all over the house. I know your mom collects them also. So they're all over the house. You couldn't miss it. But so many times we're focused on not on he who is important, but everything around it. You know, it's interesting because it's not just about the material. It's about how we live our lives. You know, we I, I said that we barely spoke, you know, until we turned on the mics. But we did have one brief in, interaction, Jorge and I, before we turned on the mics, you know, and I was asking, you know, but, you know, and we did have it when we turned the mics back on. We did turn the mics on about the Thanksgiving uh, holiday, and now it's a week instead of four days. And what Father Andrew and I were lamenting over, over the Thanksgiving holiday was the lack of children, especially school children, during Masses. And yesterday, what I, you know, Father Andrew and I switched up the Masses. I, used to, I had originally had the, the, the solemn Mass at 1030. I go, you know what, Father, you take it, because he was going to do and I was in bed, like, you're going to do it anyway, so just go, and I'll preach to the children at 9. But here's the thing. When I walked into Mass at 9 o'clock yesterday, the back half of the church was empty. Now, you know, Wayne, God bless him, who's the head usher at that Mass, says, you know, no, no, remember, Father, this is the 9.15 Mass. You know, everybody comes in at 9.15. Which it did not fill up, but it did more people, uh, more people did come, but it wasn't full. Communion took two seconds. Oh. Um but I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to invite the children up because there's hardly any children here. And when I told, and Father Andrew got there and saw to, you know, to when mass was over to greet the people, she goes, he goes, well, these are people that don't have Christ properly enthroned 
in their lives. That was his, he hadn't heard my homily, but that was his first reaction. These are people that don't have Christ as a king of their lives. In other words, and yes, now, I say that, and I will defend my people and say that 5.30 Mass was packed yesterday because people probably came in late or were driving in or whatever it was. But I haven't heard, you know, and I could pull it up on my phone, but I don't want to. I, I, I don't want to know what's going on next door at school, how many of you are still absent today. They had, they had a week, yeah. okay, a week and three days of vacation. And still it's never enough. But that that's just on the, on the material side. So on the spiritual side is, did you, did they go to Mass? Now it's not an obligation to go on Thanksgiving Day, but did you go to Mass previous Sunday? which was, the attendance was uh, not that great. And this, I mean, it did it did get better as the day went on. But that's something that really, you know, bothered me as a pastor, that, you know, it's Thanksgiving weekend, we should be getting giving thanks. Usually on Thanksgiving weekends when we start Advent, and people are still on the vacation thing, and on, you know, and, on the, and we're shopping, and we're doing this, and we're doing that. And then last night, you know, we did have a, you know, Izzy and I, we, we had youth group and we did have a Friendsgiving. We invited, I don't know how many kids and only, you know, when I say only eight showed up, it's a good number for our youth group, especially on Thanksgiving weekend when Izzy had none two weeks ago. But I, Izzy and I were talking yesterday, yesterday evening. It was like, you know, we could, you know, it's kind of like after a moral, you know, victory after a loss in a game, <laughs> go, we could build on this, mm-hmm. you know, Take the kids that were there yesterday, have them spread the word, tell them Sunday, make time Sunday. Because it's not just youth group, it's mass. And I'm worried, okay, if they're not coming to youth group and, you know, we had food, we had their friends, we had all these things, it wasn't mass, but if they're not coming to youth group, they're definitely not coming to mass. Now I'm not casting aspersions on everybody, I'm saying a lot of them. So... That's what I was worried about. Is like do the and I, and yesterday in in the especially in the five thirty mass with our youth mass, I made the comparison of, you know, of what I tell my my former students when they go off to college of, make sure you go to mass the first Sunday that you're there because if you don't do it, you're not going to fall into the habit, and it's and it happens. And when things start to fall apart in college, when they come in, father, my boyfriend left me, my girlfriend left me, all these things happen. I go, well, well where's God and all this? Well, I've been in mass since I left high school. Well, there's a problem. So. Is Christ the center of your life? It calls what was down to that. Yeah, and I've said it multiple times this season in particular, right? Is move it from the head to the heart. And I came across a a priest friend of mine who tweeted from the office of readings today. And it's it starts with there are church people, but really we can say there are people in general who study God, preach God, teach God, argue about God, yet their spirit remains arid without devotion, a lot of knowledge and no prayer. All the nourishment is for the intellect and nothing for the will. Mm. Yeah, and the coming off of yesterday's readings, right? Where we, did you clothe the naked? Did you feed the hungry? Did you house the homeless? Right? Was it just a, did you know about Jesus? Right? Did you study him? Did you learn everything there was to know about him and, and what he taught? And, and is that where it ended? Or you know, did you place him at the center of your life? And live a life like he lived, you know, where it wasn't just learn it; it was it was actually live it. You know, where it's you, and I've said it. We can we can learn everything there is to know about Jesus, but do we know Jesus? 
And really, that's that's one of the calls of Christ the King, this beautiful solemnity, right? Which, which refocuses us on this throne, you know, the the throne that rightfully belongs to Jesus Christ, you know, and and what happens when we put Him there. And ultimately, yesterday's gospel is not just the, the moralistic aspect of it. That's important, but it's ultimately about our salvation because. Is when the Son of Man comes in and takes his throne with all his angels around him and reigning over all nations and all nations assemble before him, he will separate them one from the other as, shepherd, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his, on his right and the goats on his left. Then he will say on those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And that's what Christ wants for us. He wants us to share in his kingship. He wants us to be reminded that we are of royal lineage, that because of our baptism, we were anointed priest, prophet, and king. We are heirs to the kingdom. And so to be, and, and Jesus doesn't lord over us, you know, like, oh, you, you're my servant, you do this. No, Jesus, remember, he kneels down and washes our feet. Jesus spends his entire life serving others. And now he tells us to do the same by clothing the naked, giving food to the hungry, giving water to the thirsty, you know, visiting the ill, caring for those that are, and visiting those who are in prison. These are the things that Christ wants us to do to be able to inherit eternal life. And the reason we do these things is because it refocuses on us on Christ. Because he says, whatsoever you did for the least of my little ones, you did it for me. Because we're supposed to see Christ in the hungry, in the homeless, in the imprisoned, in the sick, in the people that we don't want to deal with, usually. That, we, that, that society considers a bother, a nuisance. Every town. What do we do with the homeless? Give them housing. What do we do with the hungry? Feed them. You know, you really want to get into the weeds. What do we do with those imprisoned? You know, that that's something that you know people go to prison and we okay we forget about them. But if you if you go through YouTube and, and look up reports, well, that's not a good idea. It depends on what what you're looking at. Okay, because you could find whatever you want to, to satisfy an argument, but I've seen so many good reports, say 60 Minutes or something like that, looking at, okay, mental health of people in, in, in prison, people, the, the health, and you're thinking, oh, what do we care, Father? They're criminals, but they're also human beings. And Jesus Christ said them, says it to us, that's me. Because you know what? Jesus was imprisoned as well. Peter and Paul were imprisoned as well. So I, I, in Rome, I've seen the chains that chained Peter. And Peter and the chains right across from the Colosseum, if you're, if, you're, if you're ever there. So Jesus is telling us, visit them. Don't forget about them. Pray for them. Because they are being rehabilitated. Some of them, you know, discover, I have the Bible open in front of me. Some of them discover the Bible. That's the only book they have in their cell. And they read it from cover to cover. And they say, you know what? I need to learn more about this. And they, and they lead Bible studies. And people that are hardened criminals go in and they walk out preaching the word of God. God bless them. That's what, you know, 
obviously it's justice. They they committed a crime. They should you know be punished accordingly. And and God wants you know and God you know in the Bible we see God makes room for that. But it's rehabilitation. But we're we're more about punishment, punishment, punishment. Make them pay. It's rehabilitation. It's it's them. Okay, what learn from the mistake, and come out a better person. Ideal. Oh, Father, that's. It's so cute. What, what what's Father smoking this morning? Because sometimes they come out and they commit the same crime. Yes, I am very much aware. Okay, but ideally, yep. if we do our part, if we take care of, of those who are sick, because and, and let's talk about that, because there's countries in this world where the sick are a burden, the elderly are a burden. So well, you know what? Let's kill them. You know who did that? Nazi Germany. So, and I'm going to pick on Holland here because Holland, you know, the Dutch are easy to pick, pick on. I'm sorry if you're Dutch, okay? Uh, but the reason it's easy to pick on them because it, it's that, I, you know, you see them and the way that they treat the elderly and just say, okay, I, I have Alzheimer's, so kill me. But you don't know how long you're going to have with clear mind and obviously, none of us want to see our, our elderly suffer. And I know wonderful people from, from Holland who take care of their elderly and take care of their sick. But when I see them as a country just treating the elderly so haphazardly like a nuisance to be discarded instead of someone, instead of people that need, you know, the elderly that need, you should learn from them, cherish them, you know, and, and suffer with them just like our Lord suffers with us because he suffered on the cross, you know, we can't discard them. And that is how we're going to be judged. Because if you don't take care of the sick, what did he say at the end? Lord, when did we see you sick? Whatever you didn't do to these, these little ones of mine, you did it to me. And to those, you did not do it to, you did not do it for me. And these will go off to eternal punishment but the righteous to eternal life. I don't know. Eternal punishment doesn't sound very nice to me. So take care of your sick. Take care of your elderly. And I'm not saying that, okay, listen, I know people have extraordinary, because as a priest, I'm dealing with the sick all the time, and God, God help me. I have a long list of people that I need to visit before Christmas, okay, that are alone, that are shut-ins, that are, you know, it starts with me. And I know that there are people that are in very difficult circumstances. Last week, last year, I had a, a, my, one of my dad's first cousins who passed away uh, not too long ago. You know, he was in an ALF down, way down in Homestead. The visit was a pain in the butt. But my father tried to go once a week. He couldn't make it once a week. I would try to go as often as I, I couldn't. You know, and, and, it was, and it's depressing. And, and mind you, he's, he's a second, second or third cousin of mine. I'm not even his, his son or... Not even his nephew, but we grew up. I grew up, you know, with this man in my life. But we felt we had an obligation to visit him. And so if we neglected that, you know, then when that person finally is called home to God, we we don't feel that sense of guilt that should I have done more? Could I have done more? Jesus tells us in the gospel yesterday very clearly. That person in the, in, the, in the hospital bed, that person who's hungry, that person who's, who's thirsty, that person who's naked, that person who's homeless, that person who's, who's in prison, that's Jesus. 
That's Jesus. And so if you t- and here's here's the, the craziness of yesterday's gospel. If you put the poor, the sick, the imprisoned on a throne and make them the center of your life, like the people, the good people of Camilla's house do, like the beautiful missionaries of charity do, the sisters of Mother Teresa do. How, how, do, how are they looking in terms of salvation? You know who the Archbishop celebrated Thanksgiving Mass with? The missionaries of charity. They're the ones that are feed, they're on the front lines feeding the, the poor every day, clothing the poor every day, taking care of the poor every day. And so Mother Teresa spent her life to, not only doing but telling us see Jesus in those who are sick and those who are poor and those that the world discards. You know, I, I let you go there a little bit. Uh, yeah. and, I, and I wanted to let give you that time to go through all that before interjecting because most of our reactions to listening to that will be oh but i don't have time for that i'm too busy for that i have little kids to take care of we can come up with a million and three different excuses to not feed the the hungry to not visit the sick to not visit prisons you know and that is again the beauty of this feast that we celebrate because we are confronted with, is Jesus Christ the king of our life? You know, or is our job? Or the little time that we have available? My, or my comfort? Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I don't want to do that. That I don't want to have to face that. You know, I don't want to visit sick people. You know, and yes, there may be scenarios where you do not have time to go out and visit. And that's understandable. But write a letter. Write a card. You know, I can't tell you how many pen pals people in prison have. You know, and and a relationship starts with a random letter that was received, and a friend, and you know, they write back, and they write back, and they write back, and it's old school. It takes time, but it's much easier than hopping in your car and going to you know get a visitor pass to visit a random person in prison that you may or may not be able to see. But but it's something. Yeah, and and that's what I wanted to emphasize here is instead of our initial reaction, scoffing and, oh, I don't have time for that. Oh, I'm too busy for that or I'm too good for that. I'm too important for that. Whatever our initial reaction might be is do something. You know, bring a can of food to the next collection of our homeless ministry and start there. Mm-hmm. You know, because putting Jesus at the center of, of our life is going to literally turn our life on its head. And that's not going to happen successfully overnight. It's going to take time. It's going to be a process, little by little by little. You know, so write a card to a random person in a prison. Write a card to the children's hospital that Father Stephen will be happy to to go out and distribute. You know, bring a gift to the giving tree for an unknown child who's going to receive that on Christmas. Bring a can of food to the next homeless food collection drive. You know, start there. You know, and as you start, as you do that one little thing, then the next month. Oh, let me do a little bit more. more involved, let yeah. me do a little bit more. Let me do a little bit more. And you're not making a huge sacrifice of time up front, but as you begin to put Jesus in the center, or as you do these things, not because I need a service hour, right? I'm going to get a letter out of it, but because I love the Lord and I want to serve him and, and this is the best way I'm able to right now, You know that the grace of that will, will show itself in your life. And you're going to want more of it. And you're going to want more of it. You're going to want more of it. 
and you're going to start making the time for it. It is. It sounds so easy when I say, okay, put Christ at the center. Oh, yeah, but gee, Father, I have Christ at the center. You know, I pray every morning, and that's good. You know, and I, and I remember I looked back at an old homily that I wrote on Christ the King, and I asked, uh, you know, do you pray first thing in the morning? Is Jesus Christ the first thing you think about in the morning? The last thing you think about at night? That's important. But it has to go beyond that in terms of like, am I living like Jesus? But it, and I want to finish with this, it all starts in our families. It all starts in our homes. Because when you put, you say you need to enthrone Jesus in your home. It's not finding a statue of Jesus, you know, on a throne. Jesus' throne is the cross. There are other other years in the liturgical cycle where the gospel on Christ the King is Jesus literally on the cross, because that's His throne. It is not the King that we're used to. It's a King crowned with a crown of thorns, a King that is at His most powerful when He's the most weakest and dying. <laughs> That's why St. Paul calls it the folly, the madness of the cross. So, if we stare at the crucifix, it's in my line of sight right now, if we stare at the crucifix, you realize, okay, see, that Jesus needs to be at the center of my life. Because if he's not at the center of my life, things start to fall apart. If I don't make it to Mass. If I don't do the things that were mentioned in the gospel yesterday, if I don't do the corporal works, of, excuse me, the corporal works of mercy, which were more or less spelled out in yesterday's gospel, we start living lives that are secular and working towards the secular instead of working towards acquiring treasure in heaven, which is what we should be doing. And it's exhausting. It is. <laughs> you know, or he needed that vacation last week. You know. And by I, I would say by noon today he'll be saying I'll need another one. <laughs> yeah, he's he's been like, can I go back to the Smokies? You know, but but this is the beauty of the kingdom of God is that it is exhausting, but it's so worth it because at the end of the day, when I get to my house and I've you know I've had a 12, 14 hour day, and I sit before the tabernacle and I say, Jesus, I'm tired, but I'm thankful that I'm tired because I saw your hand at work throughout the day, even in those difficult moments. We could overcome those difficult moments if Jesus is properly enthroned in our lives. So I'll leave you with a question that I finished my homily with yesterday. And the question is very simple, but very profound. Is Jesus Christ the center of your life? running back. Wow. That's your fiance's boy. Exactly. It's yeah, a no-brainer. He's a Hall sentence. of Famer. <laughs> that guy just... No, but... Just... No. Get out of here. <laughs> what was that last night? All right. Sport. It was a weird sports weekend. Why was it weird? Because the Hurricanes and the Dolphins played Friday. It was, there was that beautiful doubleheader. It was. But then Saturday, Sunday came. I had no idea what day it was. <laughs> 
because <laughs> none of my teams were playing. But you were on vacation. You, didn't, you don't know what day you were at anyways. But I, I Which th- doubled I, the confusion. I had fun because, all right, let's, you know, you, briefly with the, you know, with the Canes, because the Canes. I didn't God see bless. a minute of either game, by the way. Good for you. But they were both very entertaining games because both we blew out both teams. So the Canes, you know, took care of business against Boston College, which it could have, and I'm looking at TVD, had a great game, you know. Yes, he, he reverted back to his, uh, the first four and game BC, TVD. And BC, we had the exact same record, these two teams. Yep. But we, you know, 7-5 sounds a lot better than 6-6 six and six going to both season. So he looked good. You know, running game looked great. Offensive line, I've been saying it all year, has had an, a tremendous year. And we keep shoring up that offensive mm-hmm. line and keep shoring up that defensive line. Get a couple more linebackers in there. Our defense will be great. Yep. How we lost to Louisville still remains like, uh, when Kentucky beat them this past weekend in Louisville? That's yep. a, but we'll talk about college in a second. But right after that, thankfully, with nine minutes to go in the Canes game, it was already three o'clock, three hours into the game, which means the Dolphins run, and we're playing the Jets. <laughs> the Jets. Which both you and I actually had preseason pick as a loss because in the preseason we th- we didn't know that aaron Rodgers four plays into the year would be out with an achilles so we thought okay we're going up there on black friday on a short week you know well, yeah you know we, we're always due for a division loss you know so we said let's take it there okay uh but if you notice there i don't have i, I think i don't have a loss until baltimore yep the next last game of the year both of you have the same uh right so the same finish so I, I cheated the Dolphins out of a loss. So hopefully that sticks. And if that sticks, you know, not what I put, but what if the Dolphins stick, maybe it gets us a number one seed. I doubt it. But the Dolphins. <laughs> I'm looking at the Jets and that de- and that offense of theirs. And it can't be all about Aaron Rodgers not being there. Their offensive line stinks. Their offensive line stinks, Jorge. Okay? And, and they can't. When the Dolphins kicked their first field goal, I go, well, that should put it out of reach, yeah. you know. <laughs> and it did because I mean they scored a garbage time touchdown and the pick six at two or through, and then after the pick six at two or through, two or through another pick. And and listen, he knows it needs to be fixed. Mike McDaniel knows it needs to be fixed. I think it'll be fixed because if if we turn that ball over like we did against a good team, like we did against uh, uh, Kansas City, mm-hmm. we're not going to win the game. Because remember, Kansas City beat us because Tyreek, of all people, fumbled that ball and was turned for a touchdown. That was the difference in the game, or else yep. we would have beaten Kansas City. So then comes the Hail Mary. And I and I tweeted out, and somebody said it to me this morning. I'm glad my person read my tweets. It was Father, that tweet was magic. I go to Hail Marys are a beautiful thing. <laughs> I was it. That, that could be taken either way in terms of the pass or in terms mm-hmm. of the prayer. But to see, I'm watching this. My 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 cousin came over to see, and I haven't seen my cousin in a while. You know, Oscar, we played golf with uh, last month. You know, he came over to see, and he, you know, he's all about that. And he's got action on the game because he's, he's he's just you know. Uh, and Javon Holland catches. I eh, run out 15 yards and, and get tackled. But I, and then I start thinking, wait a second, all the receivers are still in the end zone and they're not moving. They're like, oh whatever, let's go into the into the locker room. And I'm thinking it's the same weekend, the 10th anniversary of the kick six in Auburn. That's right. And I'm like, wait a second. All he has to do is maneuver through offensive linemen. And that's exactly what he yeah. did. And we're jumping up and down. Like, like it's like, okay, because it was 10-6. Listen, going into the locker room 
Jets got momentum. You let an NF2 hang around. It's what happened to the Bills. It's what happened to Philly. It's what happened to, almost happened to Kansas City. Almost lost to them. But this Jets team beat the Bills and the Philly, who played an epic, and the Phillies, the Eagles, who played an epic game yesterday. You let them hang around, so bad things will happen. It almost happened last, last week with, with Vegas, with the Raiders. But, that, but you did see the play. I saw a replay. Of the play. Oh did, you, did you read about the TCL promotion? Yes, I read about it this morning. 98. No, they, they, they would give away a million dollars in large screen TVs. 84, if, uh, like, these are expensive TVs. Yeah, if there was a, pl- a touchdown more than 98 yards. 98 yards, and this was 99. And it was a 99-yard pick six. And he was, his foot was on the goal line, but the ball wasn't. But whatever. It was an amazing play, and Mike McDaniel's reaction was awesome. And not to be lost on this guy, I've heard no one speak about this. In the third quarter, because we're so, this is a great offense, and it's a quick strike offense, they had a ball control drive that knocked out, I don't know how many, good chunk of the third quarter off the clock, thankfully. And that was important. And this was a good defense, and our offense line was pushing them around. And we ran the ball effectively. That's a great defense we faced on on Friday. Okay, so yes, beating the Jets is easy. Now next we have Washington. Which we got to watch the, at the fair. Which we're going to watch at the fair, and then the following we have the Titans on a Monday night, and then you have the Jets come back, and then things get interesting. You have Dallas on Christmas Eve, at Baltimore on New Year's Eve. And then Buffalo at home. And Buffalo will be wounded. I expect Buffalo to be out of playoff contention. I expect us to clinch the division yep. sometime in the next two to three weeks. Because so we can be up three games this weekend. Buffalo's off. Buffalo's off. So, so we can go up three games. We go, it's three games in the loss column. Yep. So that, it's three games. We have not had a three-game lead going into December since... 1984. Where did the Dolphins? Where did the Dolphins finish in 1985? Jorge, he doesn't know. He's giving me that shrug that I put on the list. <laughs> the Dolphins made it to Super Bowl 19 with Dan Marino at quarterback, and that was the last time the Dolphins played in a Super Bowl. Super Bowl was played in Palo Alto. Nice. Can you believe that? That they played a Super Bowl in the Bay Area in the stadium that Stanford plays in. You know, it's a different time back then. The Dolphins also won. Their last Super Bowl in Tulane Stadium in New Orleans. How about that? Okay. Where did they win the first one? Where USC plays. Coliseum. Nice. All right. See, I know these things. I don't. Okay. Where did they play their <laughs> I'm first not the, one? I'm not a historian. Where did they play their first one? In Rice Stadium in Dallas. Dallas? In Texas. I think it's in Dallas. So, yeah, I know where. And then the, the Super Bowl 17 against Washington was played in the Rose Bowl. Oh. How about that? So, hopefully... We play our sixth Super Bowl in Allegiant Stadium. And I just crept on their airline in the first segment. Okay. <laughs> I will fly Allegiant. No, I will not fly Allegiant to Vegas. <laughs> I, I will not. It's a long flight. Uh, but no, but I mean, if I have to, I have to. Okay. I pray we play our sixth Super Bowl. That'd be and fun. I, but if we win the Super Bowl, I have no doubt who we're playing. The Eagles. My goodness, that game. Yep. That. The protected, the protecteds. Do you th- you think they're protected? Another game where the where it's uh, eleven on eleven versus the zebras. 
that wasn't a fumble. That was an incomplete pass. No, but the whole game, it was. I didn't see the whole game because I had mass, but I heard. I, mean, I heard the officiating was. They eh, had one penalty called on them. There was a, there was a roughing the passer. That's that their, was, that's their second near perfect game. Well, against, well, they had a perfect game against, against us. the Dolphins. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, it was, that that was an incomplete pass. It wasn't a fumble. That would have ended the game. Hmm. Then a 59 yard field goal to tend it to overtime. That was, in the rain. My father had issues with Buffalo at the end of regulation. Oh, yeah. Kneeling, 20 kneeling seconds it. with a timeout. With two, when, two timeouts. And, no, one, one timeout. It was one timeout. But uh, they somebody showed a replay of, of Josh Allen throwing a dart in another game over the middle yep. to put somebody in a field goal range. And Buffalo should know that. And yes, I know it's raining. But... Buffalo should remember that they put left 13 seconds on the clock in a divisional game two years ago or three years ago against Kansas City and Mahomes in two passes yep. put his team into field goal draw into field goal range to tie the game and send it to overtime. And the reason why the rules of overtime were changed and that each team team gets a possession is because of Josh Allen. And you know how many you know what Josh Allen's overtime record since that rule change came into effect, is? Ofer. 0 for? 0 and 5. Oof. <laughs> and obviously, that's Ken Dorsey's fault. I keep, that's my go to joke whenever something bad happens. Listen, when Ken Dorsey was fired, because there was a 12th man on the field on special teams. Yep. Last I checked, Ken Dorsey did not coach special teams. Mm-hmm. That last touchdown run that Jalen Hurts ran in for a touchdown in overtime, the corner came off his wide receiver to address Jalen Hurts before he got into the end zone. The reason why I use the word address instead of tackle or try to tackle is because that's exactly what he did. Just looked he, at him. He looked at him and made a, a you know a somewhat of a jab at the ball to try to jab the ball away instead of trying to I'm going to stand right here even though I may I may fail, I'm going to let him truck me or I'm going to truck him. And Jalen Hurts is a load, but guy did nothing and so buffalo six and six we have three losses they have six forget about what the win column says i know we're seven and three but we're three up on them okay we should take care of business against washington's bad they're bad yep okay dallas i mean they're bad dallas took care of them on thanksgiving how about that pick them yeah that the the cardinals (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we had games yesterday in the Pick'em that Jorge and I, we were tied going into the 4 o'clock window. Yeah. And we had like five games that we had. That, uh, that we had different games and, and that we and we kind of evened out. And then going into the 4 o'clock window, Rams and Cardinals. He had the Rams. I had the Cardinals. I'm thinking Kyler Murray's back. They're playing at home. But here's the thing, and I should know this. For whatever reason, and it's very strange, Kyler Murray is awful at home. The Cardinals are awful at home under Kyler Murray. I don't know why. but And and the Rams are just up and down. I the, do no research on my picks. You do, and you do not, and that's what ticks me off. <laughs> but you're tied there with Miss, with Miss Betty. Miss Betty. And, and uh, now we're two up on and you. And Nick is tied with me. Yeah. He, How about that? He had that? a few good weeks there. How about that? And Gina. Gina's making a push there towards the end. You can do it, Gina. Come on. She's uh, she's tracking down Father Andrew. No, no, no. If, Gina, just... just Beat Father Andrew because he's gonna be he's gonna be making some wild picks to try to get back into this. He picked Houston yesterday, which almost panned off. CJ Stroud is that guy. 
I mean, in Carolina, they're really questioning everything because they're one, one in. They have only had one win, and that and their pick next year belongs to Chicago Bears because they traded up to get to get Bryce uh, Young, and he may pan out. But you look at C.J. Stroud, who we may have to face in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they, they would have won yesterday. They would have been in the they were in the playoffs yesterday. They're not right now. Right now, I think the Dolphins would play, um, you know, because because um, Baltimore won last night. Oh my goodness, Baltimore should have lost. Man, the Chargers. We're talking about under under achieving. Yep. I'm waiting for the axe to fall there any minute now. But right now, the, the the way the situation unfolds in the NFL is the standings in the conference is the Dolphins are the four seed. We would play uh, Cleveland the first round. Cleveland and Indianapolis is in the playoffs, and the Chargers, the Bengals, and the Bills, all with great well, obviously Burrow's up for the season. Who everybody thought was going to be in the playoffs, none of them are in the playoffs right now. Amazing. Indianapolis. Yep. Indianapolis. They don't even have their starting quarterback. Anthony Richards is gone for the year. Gardner Minshew is their quarterback. That's the NFL, baby. That's the NFL. So, yes, I mentioned briefly, obviously, UMBC we focused on, but what a weekend of college football. And Father Andrew's lamenting that it's the last normal weekend of college football ever. Because of a conference realignment. Realign. Well, it's the last weekend of the Pac-12 as yep. we know it. I went to sleep watching UCLA and Cal. Cal took it to UCLA. The game of the weekend was Bama. That's what oh. you texted me about. That wasn't the game of the weekend. For me, the game of the weekend on Friday, Iowa and Nebraska. <laughs> Iowa and Nebraska played a beauty of a game. If you are a sick Sports fan. How many field goals were attempted? It's not... Well, attempting is a very good word. (laughs) Because in the first quarter, I look and they have punt, 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 interception, blocked field goal. Okay? And the over-under was 24 and a half. And the game ended, you know, by by halftime, both teams apparently found some rhythm and offense in second, and they both scored touchdowns. And in the halftime, it was 10-10. And you're like, oh, well, there goes if you had a, if you, if you know, if you dabble in that stuff. But it finished 13-10. And you're, and if you're, and if you're one of these degenerates, you're praying for, you know, a walk-off field because overtime is not the friend of the underbetter. And it finished with a walk-off field goal. (laughs) It was so beautiful. It was so beautiful to behold. Because it was just bad football. I don't get Iowa, and they're going to get schlacked by Michigan. There were two great games. It would be the most college football thing. If Iowa beats if Michigan? Iowa beats Michigan. They're not going to beat Michigan. <laughs> I've, I saw that offense play on Friday. They were playing right right when the Canes were playing. I saw that offense play. There was a great line by one of the announcers, because Iowa had first and goal from obviously <laughs> side the 10, and the first two plays did nothing. And so they had first third and goal from the nine, and they run the ball. The analyst says to the play-by-play guy, you know who runs the ball on third and goal from the nine? No one! This often yeah. stinks. Well, what, it's do you, like, what do you do on uh, fourth and goal from the 31? Uh, you just... First, <laughs> here's what you don't do on defense. You don't rush two and leave a spy on the quarterback. Why do you leave a spy on the quarterback? Yeah. The quarterback has to run 30, 30 yards. yards. You don't think entire that, defense behind you. You don't think that the nine guys behind you won't converge on him? And after he passes the line of scrimmage, he can't do much but lateral. Why do you have a spy on the quarterback? Yeah. 
and only rushing to Auburn. You could have already. I mean, I don't think Alabama's going to get into the playoff. No. Uh, because Texas is ahead of them, and Washington's ahead of them, and Oregon's ahead of them, no matter what happens in the Pac 12 championship. But how do you let that happen? On the 10th anniversary of the kick six, yeah. in the same end in zone. The same end zone. Unreal. I was doing a wedding at that time. So I get out of that wedding and I have this text, the first text from Jorge in a week saying that colorful. It was colorful <laughs> about Saban. But that wasn't Saban. And that wasn't the, the quarterback just heaved it. I mean, he must have seen something. Heaved it into the corner of the end zone and Bond was there. They call me Bond. Crazy. Unbelievable. Crazy. That's fourth that's, and thirty-one. That's a beautiful college football. But no, really, the game of the of the of the of the week was was uh, Michigan Ohio State. I watched majority of that. Uh, I was out to lunch, but I watched the majority of that second half, and uh, it was just ball control, yep. and it was Big Ten football, and it was it was chippy, and it was it was good. And Michigan ran a lot of clock down at the end of that game to force uh, Ohio State to have almost no time to go down and score a touchdown, and it was intercepted. And, you know, and I said before that, yes, Michigan is accused of stealing and they didn't have their head coach. And, uh, but Ohio State, you know, obviously at this table, there's no love lost for Ohio State. You know, go away. Yep. And go, and I don't want to see them in the playoffs like they did last year. But who's a better team? This is going to be hard for you. The question I'm about to ask you who's a better team? Undefeated Florida State or one loss Ohio State? Uh, without, uh, what's his name? Jordan Travis. Without Jordan Travis, you got to go Ohio State on that one. Yep. But. And Louisville lost, but I can see Louisville beating Ohio, I mean, Florida, I mean, Florida State, because Miami, BC, not a bad team. Miami. Florida and, State. And UF. Survived. Survived all three of those games. And, and Florida and, 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 and Florida beat Clemson. themselves more than anything because there were some like, they were bonehead plays. The and targeting penalties. You could have called targeting on two guys on yeah. that play. Yeah. Spitting on somebody's face. Yeah. Seriously? That's right up there with the throwing a shoe. Still one of my favorite plays. Oh, that was great. <laughs> Don't ever change Florida. By the way, Florida fans, we love you. You had I one know. job, man. You had one job. Jesse, I know who listens to us. He says, Father, I, he says to me yesterday at Mass. You know, after Massey's father, that game, I go, dude, you should have beaten them. But Florida, second year in a row, last year they were rescued because there weren't enough teams oh. eligible for bowls. Not this year. James Madison is well, getting some, in. There are some projections. I have Miami against James Madison, and I want really, and I want no part of that. Interesting. No, come on, you have that faith. Oh, one one loss. The, the boys from Boone were the only ones that beat them. Appalachian State beat them. Uh, I don't. In what bowl? The well, I don't. The Duke's Mayo was one of them. Really, interesting. I I saw, but this was last week. I saw a projection that has us in the Fenway Bowl. Uh, I saw another projection that has us in the Military Bowl. I saw uh, a projection Military I'm, versus SMU was one of them. I did see that, and that would be an Sun interesting Bowl game against USC. We would play our old offensive Sun Bowl against who? USC. That would be interesting. I doubt Caleb Williams plays in that game. Or Sun Bowl against uh, Utah. I saw that one as well. Father Andrew didn't mention that, and I want no part of Utah. But 
I would have liked Florida because we would play Florida Bowl, but the next time Florida does suit up would no. be against us in the swamp on August 31st. Want to go? No. <laughs> no, not interested. But James Madison. You're afraid of James Madison? I'm not afraid of him, but... You don't you don't want that narrative. No. They're legit. They were ranked. I know. They may still af- be ranked. I'm not afraid of them, but I don't want to face them in the in the bowl. Duke's Mayo Bowl. Or, or is it because you want to see Mario Cristobal bathed in mayonnaise after the That's disgust- disgusting. It is disgusting. <laughs> it is disgusting. That's awful. But let's see what No, but that's an inspired team. Who so and, right and, now uh, they weren't supposed to be bowl eligible. Or they are bowl eligible because, because there aren't enough. There aren't enough. Uh, there aren't enough yeah, um, teams. There's one five and seven team, which I believe is Mississippi State. Cal got was able to clinch a bowl yeah. uh, by beating UCLA in the Rose Bowl on Saturday night, late around two thirty. Yeah. Actually, no. And and Colorado State was the last one that needed six wins, and they lost to Hawaii in the last regular season game. If you stayed up for that, <laughs> degenerate. Okay, I did not. <laughs> Okay, I fell asleep like a rock before midnight watching Cal and UCLA. So who right right now? Who is your? Who are your four teams for the college football playoff? Knowing that that the only game that I think has implications because I believe Georgia gets in no matter what is Washington Oregon. Yeah, in a rematch. Yeah. Who are your four teams? Uh, Michigan, Georgia. Okay. Are the locks? Hmm. Um. Yeah, it gets tricky. Because it Washington, gets tricky. Oregon, see, Washington's undefeated. Oregon is not. But Oregon lost to Washington at Washington. I think you, you have to take the winner of that game. No, no, you w- they will take the winner of that no game. No matter. Because Washington will have an argument. He said, listen, we beat the team earlier, but they yeah. beat them at home. This yeah. is on a neutral field in Vegas yeah. on Friday night. But if but if Oregon goes in, and Oregon's a hot team. Oregon is playing very, I if think Oregon Oregon goes in. in and beats Washington. I think Texas is your. I mean, obviously, if they take care of business against Oklahoma yeah. State, almost who miraculously beat but, BYU, uh, Florida State. I don't know. I'd have to see uh, how how they look and and how everything else shakes down. Okay, but here's the thing: the only way Florida State gets in is mayhem. No. It, well, Florida State is currently in because you have Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, and Washington all undefeated. Yeah. If that stays true this weekend, Washington beats Oregon. Florida State beats uh, Louisville, and the other two take care of business. That's the committee's dream scenario mm-hmm. because you have a lot of one-team teams, yep. one-loss teams knocking on the door. Yep. And that's why next year, and Father Andrew said it correctly, maybe, and you and you may have mentioned it this morning, is that uh, next year you have a plethora of teams who the regular season is so diluted now because you have 12 teams. So you have... Alabama and Texas and even Louisville mm-hmm. and maybe even Notre Dame with two losses yep. making a claim yep. or no they have three losses making a claim who knows Notre Dame with three losses will make that <laughs> <laughs> whatever but so right now the dream scenario is that everybody wins this weekend that has no losses mm-hmm. and boom the four undefeateds are there but Oregon is playing better than Washington Texas is playing better than than Florida State Oregon and Washington are playing better than Florida State. Yep. You could make an argument, you know, you can't, here's the, you can't, this is what I'm trying to say. You can't make an argument to keep an undefeated Seminole team out of the playoff. No. Even if they have their quarterback. No, but they because, would get, but they he, would get wiped out. But here's the thing, here's the thing. Florida State, you said survive, but they won the game. 
the the Eagles are doing that in the NFL, and they're healthy. So if they manage to get by Louisville, they okay. deserve to be in there. And that's a big if. They deserve we'll to see, be in there. We'll see which Louisville. But it, but that's why I like that we're going into with such with so much uncertainty and possible chaos yeah. going into uh, going into the, the championship weekend. You know when the Canes entered the ACC, you know every year I would put the Canes schedule on. Back then I didn't have an iPhone, so I had to write it down yeah. on, a, on, a, on a, an actual physical calendar. You would add the ACC I would add the ACC championship, <laughs> thinking oh the Canes are going to play in the Nodes every year. How many times have we played in it? Once. Una vez. Once. And we got steamrolled by yes, an excellent Clemson team. Yep. I think they went on to win the national may have gone on to win the national championship. So that's college football. It was a great Friday because you had the Canes, the Dolphins, and the Heat. Oh god, the Heat. And the Panthers. And the Panthers. Pan- two teams, two South Florida teams played the Jets. Yep. Dolphins beat the Jets. Panthers lost to the Jets. That's a good Jets team, though. It is. They, they, they are the, playing- hockey, the hockey one. <laughs> Winnipeg, yeah, you can't say that about the NFL one. The Heat had a 21-point lead in Madison Square Garden. 21-point lead, and we blew it. And we played Milwaukee tomorrow in a very good game. And you know who's hot also, Hori? They're, they won a tournament while you were away. Kane's basketball team. Nice. Won a Bahamas tournament. Nice. And they played Kentucky tomorrow in Lexington against Big Blue Nation. I think that's what they call it. But uh, that should be a fun game. We'll see where they stack up. All right. We need to shut up because it's, this is going long. Yes. But it's we time. Have, it's time. And if it's, you haven't it, seen it, go watch Oklahoma trying to run through the smoke. Oh, he, he And have this. a great laugh. Oklahoma trying to run through the smoke. There's only one team that should run through the smoke. That's right. And they wear green and orange, not, you know, whatever color Oklahoma's uniform is. Uh, great weekend in sports and, and looking forward to a great week. Remember, we have the Parish Fair this weekend, so go on our website. Uh, the website should redirect you to the Parish. It's parishfair.org is the website for the fair. If you're listening to us on Monday of this week, Tuesday, November 28th is the last day you could buy pre-sale bracelets that are discounted for your kids, so do that. We look forward to seeing you Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We'll have all the games uh, that are played, Dolphins, etc., all the championship games that are played in college football, so we could enjoy them together. There's a lot of things for the adults, a lot of things for the kids. Just come out. We're going to have a great time. And also, Sunday, we begin Advent. So this week, spend the time thinking about, what do I want to do this Advent? Pick up a good spiritual book. Make a good examination of conscience. Go to confession. And as I said in the first segment, the most important question that we could ask ourselves as we prepare for Advent, is Jesus Christ the King of our life. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.